Oh, hi. I'm Sadwater, and this is Sadcast episode 45. Whoa, 45. That's more than 44. Big, big achievement, Sadwater. Congratulations, congratulations. Remind me, note to self, remind me to put uh, a confetti sounds, fireworks sounds, and all of those sounds. Uh, 45 can be a triggering number for a lot of you because the 45th president is the current president. Hashtag not my president. That's kind of what I want to talk about in the opening rant. By the way, I'm doing this like how I did it last week. Middle of the day, 1 o'clock Pacific time. Haven't eaten yet. Already worked out. Kind of tired, but kind of pumped because physically I am. And also because I'm not tired. I, I, I am tired after I eat. And also, tip for you guys. Eat two meals a day, not three. Three is dumb. I've said this before. Three is stupid. You don't need to have a, a big breakfast and then and then uh, you know how people are like, oh, have a big breakfast and then taper it off during the, during the whole day. I guess that's fine, but uh, try not eating. You're going to work better. And then have a, a late, late breakfast because I like breakfast food, so I'll have a late breakfast. I'll have one after I finish this podcast. And then an early dinner and then you're done. And you'll sleep great. You won't lose weight. I mean, if you're trying to gain muscle and all that, you won't you won't lose weight. You'll be fine. You'll be the same. Three meals is dumb. You didn't you didn't you weren't hunter and gatherers with three meals a day. You'd be lucky if you had one. So uh and look how much they accomplished. What are you even doing? You're playing video games. You're not doing anything extraneous to have three meals. Maybe actually maybe the instead of the whole rant being about how uh, outrage culture is growing and we get offended by everything. Maybe I'll just start this whole thing by and, and make a whole 30-minute opening about why you should only have two meals a day and not three. Maybe you should have fasts once in a while and uh, stop playing video games. I'm just going to... Actually, I'm always going to say stop pl- playing video games and use social media less. And uh, yeah, actually, the, the sad fact I'm posting today is a pretty good one. And uh, you ha- would have already seen it by the time you listened to it. So everything I just said right now, irrelevant, doesn't matter. Not interesting to you anymore because you've seen it and so on. But outrage culture. The reason why I want to talk about this, and if you pay attention to a lot of podcasts like uh, Joe Rogan's and all of those guys, they they talk about this a lot. And it can kind of get boring and repetitive, but I don't care. Because uh, whenever I watch those podcasts, I always kind of want to yell at the screen and be and be like, but I have a different perspective or I have a slightly better perspective than you. I mean, maybe I don't, but I I like my my way of thinking and it's always getting better as yours should, too. And like uh, like I always say, take everything I say with a grain of salt because it, you know, my word's not the final word. I always change my opinions, as should you and keep growing but outrage culture so last week actually the past couple weeks i've been getting questions about abortion and all of that and it's really annoying and boring because the conversation is i think on a deeper level something like abortion is is really complex and philosophical if you think about it when does life begin what is life and so on, but everything ha- is is being broken down into slogans on both sides. Right now, I kind of see the slogans coming a little bit more from the left, where um, clearly you're not pro-life because you send your kids off to war, or because they're oppressed at once they're born, and you don't care about kids once they're born. It's so it's it's so easy to paint someone as evil when you s- you immediately just say you care about guns more than kids what what does that mean that doesn't mean anything or or gun regulations or i have more regulations on my body than gun guns do that that none of that makes sense and it makes the conversation stupid and uh you know it, it it's it's not i used to be annoyed by the abortion issue because because I just heard slogans, and I, and then I, and I never knew to look deeper on a philosophical level, which it is. 
my body, my choice. What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. Because after a certain point, there is a body inside of you, and shouldn't that have a choice? Now, I don't want to make this whole opening about abortion. I'm just using it as an example. And like I said, I got, I've been getting abortion questions all the last couple of weeks, and, and two, two times from two different people this week. And it's because right now, everyone has to be outraged about whatever is happening in Alabama. Now, the reason we have 50 states and why states are allowed to vote on their own laws is because it's a good way to see what policies work well and what don't, and then states can refine those things. And, and, and you know, imp- and, and, so if, if Florida has a good tax code and they see a lot of people moving to Florida, maybe uh, Alabama changes their tax law because they want more people moving there and they see it's working in Florida. So it's, it's, it's just an interesting, very interesting system. And it allows each state to have its own different culture. So if you don't agree with Alabama, hey, most likely you don't live there. That's great, right? But that's also not the point I want to talk about. People are so easy to be outraged about something. And specifically because of slogans. They get so caught up into the slogans. It's like hashtag activism. It's so easy because the the, the thought that you need to have has been made for you without you having to do any research or um it's like memes uh that meme that's been going around 25 look at the 25 state congressmen or lawmakers and look at look they all look white they're all white old men uh but also it kind of ignores the fact that the law was written by a woman and it was signed into law by a woman governor besides the point people are so quick to come to a conclusion on anything because of hashtag slogans and memes, which to me is insane. And I mean, you can you can talk about this with with, with regards to anything. Uh, funding for public schools. You don't care about children. You don't think children should learn. And uh, the school the school system is failing them. It needs more money. Blah blah blah. But no, everyone cares about children. Maybe pedophiles don't, but that's not a big segment of the population. Everyone cares about children. When you vilify the opposing side, the the opposition in your head, it's the opposition, uh, you don't see them as human beings, rational human beings, people who you, you, you totally ignore the fact that, hey, they came to a conclusion. Why did they come to this conclusion? I want to I want to let's take a step back and see. How did they come to this conclusion? Because it, it, it maybe it's not so crazy. Maybe it's interesting. Maybe I'll still think it's wrong, but I'll see where they're coming from. And then you can start seeing people who don't believe what you believe as people that live in this country, that care about this country and care about the same things you do, but think that the the solution to it is slightly different. But outrage culture stems from social media. And I talk about how social media is severely unhealthy for younger people, even older people, but younger people more because their brains are, you know, still still developing. And it's almost rewiring their brains and rewarding their brains with dopamine for for the wrong reasons. And then it and then it kind of creates a false reality that that everything is about instant gratification. And if you don't get what you want in that instance, then then either it's something's not worth doing, or something's broken, or uh, either way you're going to be upset. And that's no way to live. So I talk about how social media is bad with regards to those reasons, but maybe not so much. Will I talk about it, how it's bad for, you know, let's just say government policy or elections or who's in office, orange man bad. It's easy to be outraged when you're plugged into social media. And what it does also is it forces you to participate in something you probably wouldn't have been interested in, or maybe you're even not interested now. You're just dishonest with yourself. It forces you to participate with something that is just going to make you angry. It's going to confuse you more on a deeper level. 
and it's going to make you feel hopeless more. In I, I like to use this as an example. In Australia, if you don't know, they force you to vote in the elections that they have. You're, you're, you mandatory voting. They have mandatory voting. And a lot of people here on the right and left will say, isn't that great? Maybe we should do that because we have 40% of the, the voting population in the United States that don't par- participate in elections, and it's horrible. And how horrible is that? And blah, 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 blah. More people will, and back when American Idol was big, people would say more people voted for American Idol, the American Idol winners, than they do for the, did for the election. And they, they, both sides will present that as a negative. I see that as a major positive because people are voting for something that they like. For instance, let's just say the American Idol thing. They're voting for something that they're heavily interested in, and that brings them joy in their life. And with elections, people, for the most part, are always going to be misinformed because there's really no time in the day to even ingest 5% of the, the, the daily news coming out of Washington with regards to policy and legislation and voting and, regu- and reg- regulations and this senator and that senator, look what they did and look what that, you know. So it's impossible to keep up for it unless it's your job or unless you're a political junkie. And I would say that there are as many real political junkies as there are um, people who people in the science community who follow the Nobel Prize winners of the year and follow everyone's everyone who's not. I don't even know if they have nominations, but everyone who's nominated in the Nobel Prize uh, for their specific categories. and, And, you know, so it's not that many. I don't think that there really are that many political junkies for real there are a lot of fake ones because people are virtue signaling on social media people have to show people have to show the best versions of themselves that's what i hate so much about social media what i love with what i do with mine i mean rarely will i post on my personal instagram but for instance on sadwater or on my twitter um i don't post the best version of myself sometimes i'll post things that are offensive and i'm doing air quotes they're offensive and is it because i want to upset people no it's because it's it's um i mean it's also it's entertaining but it's it's also if it's also really upsetting what's happening with um comedy entertainment everything's being whitewashed everything is being totally cleansed of personality Totally cleansed of anything humorous. Any comedy that came out in the early 2000s, 90s, or 80s, uh, that if, if any of those movies came out now, um, people would be up in arms and say, there are not enough people of color. Again, people of color. You have to say people of color. There are not enough people of color in that movie. There's not enough transgender in the movie. There's not enough asexuals in that movie. There's not enough um, retarded people. Oh, you can't say retarded. I'm sorry. Uh, there's not enough disabled. Can you say disabled or what is it called? I can't even remember what it's called now. Able because because you're an ableist if if you don't have those people in the movie. You can't have, and, and not only that, but they're joking about women. They're joking about oh my, you can't joke about women anymore. Or they're joking about um about the there's only one black person and they're joking because he's the only black. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it's stupid. So. Um, everything is breaking down and it's because you have to show the best version of yourself on social media. You have to show that you're virtuous. You have to show that you, it's like you, you're, you, you have to be a Puritan. You have to be pure. You have to be higher than a saint, higher than mother Teresa. You have to be higher than those people nowadays because it matters how you present yourself because whether you like it or not, the way you present yourself online is a brand. You're a brand. Are you selling anything? No, but you're a brand. You can be a brand. You are a brand. That sounds a little bit crazy to me, a little bit weird to me, th- that we're taking away everything that makes us an individual, anything that makes us interesting or edgy, real edgy, not, you know, hot topic edgy, and we're throwing that all away and trading it for this clean version, this PG version of ourselves online. And we're so proper and we care about everyone's feelings and everyone and this. 
So when someone says, Sadwater, what you posted is offensive towards the gay community, I go, no, who are you to say what's offensive to anyone or not? Because I'll get a hundred other people in the gay community DMing me saying, no, that's actually kind of funny. And it's refreshing to hear that because it's it's honest, it's funny, and... um, and it makes people like that one person upset, which is the best. But back to politics, I think fewer people should vote. I don't think we should be like Australia and make enforce people to to vote in something that they're not interested deep down. And then when we, uh, for, you know, right now, because of how we're supposed to present ourselves on social media, we're um, forcing ourselves to pretend to care. And um, I would rather hear people talk about Game of Thrones or Star Wars or Avengers or what have you on social media, even though I hate all those things, because they're genuinely interested in those things. I'd rather hear people talk about that than um, talk about what's a f- what, what, what they're outraged about this week or offended by this week, because they're not. And the proof is that they're going to move past that issue once there's a new issue. So they haven't solved anything, and they never do solve anything. They're they're, uh, weekend warriors. They're weekend protest warriors. They will go out and protest. Oh, the women's march? Let's go protest in the women's march. What are we fighting for? Global warming? What does that have to do with women? Well, nothing, but let's do that. (laughs) Because we have to show we care. And then what happens is, since more people in the world are not impressive people, it's just a fact. Most people don't have a high IQ. I doubt I even have a high IQ. <laughs> I mean, I haven't checked. I'm actually scared to check because then, then I don't want to. I don't want it to reveal that Sadwater, you're stupid, and uh, then my whole world comes m- comes crumbling down. <laughs> and then what? Do, what do I have left? Sometimes I think I'm smart and sometimes I think I'm stupid. I think that's maybe the sign of a smart person. I don't know. I think I think a truly smart person is always questioning their beliefs and maybe slightly adjusting and changing a little bit. But, um, yeah, they don't solve the problems. And people who are really interested do solve the problems. Oh, but back, back to what I was going to say about the most people aren't impressive. And um, before social media, it used to be, I mean, if you were interested in politics, you were interested in politics. You paid attention. There was no one to pretend to online. There was no false outrage online because there was no online. And um, the people who were serious about it were serious about it. And that's it. And also, it wasn't polite to talk about politics or religion in public or in a dinner party or anything like that. It just wasn't polite. No one it, no one did it. Um people would talk about more meaningful things, you know. Your your basic life is is more impo- should be more important to you than politics or other people's beliefs. Um so let's say you're you're grown up and you have kids and and your kid, t- kid got bullied at school, or they didn't win their baseball game, or whatever. That's more. That should be more important to you than anything else. By the way, I think it's really disgusting when parents take their kids to protest. I, I, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't. I thought bad guys were fake. I thought it was just in movies. Kids shouldn't be worried about racism or about or about nine eleven or about um. <laughs> Um, uh, what's another thing? I don't know, gay, transgender, or anything like that. They shouldn't know about those things until they're older. Uh, until they figure out Santa's not real, maybe. But, um, yeah. People used to worry about real things that really affected them. And you're going to say, no, but politics affects you and policy affects you. Yeah, but wouldn't you rather fewer dumb people being involved and paying attention and let the smart people on both sides pay attention because there are people who are way smarter than you that are 
paying attention and just have faith in that. That's actually why we have this system we have. With re- it, we, we're not a democracy. Do you, know, do you know that? Do you know that we're not a democracy? We're a republic. We vote for people to represent us because we shouldn't... We don't have the time to focus on everything. That's what representatives are in Congress and senators are. We vote for these people to represent us, to pass the laws that we hope that they... Um, you know, will pass. That's why there's parties. That's why parties have different opinions on things. So th- it bra- it basically breaks things down a little bit. So it's 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 a it's a more efficient way of of thinking about politics in general. So we're not supposed to be in, in, engulfed in this and pay attention to it every day and be outraged about the the thing every week and then at the and then just not solving it. I I, I really don't think people realize it. That they get worked up about something like the abortion thing, which is very complex and nuanced, and it's not are you for abortion or against abortion? I think that I think that yeah, on a religious level, you could be for or against. Like you could you could say I'm against people killing babies. I think that once there is conception or whatever, there's a, a baby. That's a baby, even though it's the size of a of a fingernail. But uh, legally speaking, I think that it's a lot more gray and it's not either yes or no. I think that there's different stages and, you know. And uh, but my body, my choice, that's 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 where the the debate is now. It's a slogan. Don't look beneath the slogan. Don't look more into it. It's just a slogan. And that's all you need to think about. Slogans, that's it. Just think about the slogan. But, uh, yeah, I wonder what we're going to be outraged about next week because um, I'm already over this whole Alabama thing. I've never even been to Alabama, and neither will you unless you're from there and live or live there. You're never going to go there. But um, everyone should not have a voice, and none of this solves anything. Oh, again, I didn't talk about adulting not being a thing. But but because I wanted to talk about that in a rant, I need to think about that a little bit more. I th- I think that we're being we're, we're staying in the in the in in a form in this form of adolescence forever now. And we're we're doing it to ourselves, it's self-imposed infantilization we're just we're just staying young minded forever we're going to disney without kids we're trying to relive the best highlights of our childhood and it will never be the that good <laughs> adulting so we, we're kids and then we'll, we're just gonna do uh taxes and be like man adulting's hard I want, i'm gonna go back to watch star wars that's not the rant maybe i'll have more about that but um yeah actually one thing with regards to that is lately i've been reading more i go through phases where i'm reading more or watching netflix more before i go to bed and it's not good for you to watch netflix or anything like that but sometimes i'm just so tired that i i i can't read i'll read one page and then just fall asleep so what's the point so lately i've been reading a little bit more but then also i've been rewatching um easy to digest Shows I've watched when they were on TV like uh, five years ago, like Parks and Recreation or The Office or something. So I've been watching Parks and Recreation a little bit. It's it's a decent enough show, and um, I think I, I like some of the characters more than the situations they get into, and I like the world building that it that show can do. I think it does it well. But it's just an easy to digest show. I watch something, I'll forget immediately after what. I just saw and because it's not good it's it's mediocre it's it's l- lowest common denominator type of stuff but I had to stop watching that show because it was invading my dreams and I would think about the characters in my dreams and it it got so annoying because I don't care about Ron Swanson in my dream why should I care about Jerry Gergich in my dream I don't need to dream about these fake people it's really weird 
and 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 it made me toss and turn and all that. So whatever. Last night I had ice hockey. I was tired, and I said, okay, I'm gonna watch this new show called. Uh, it's a cartoon by the producer of BoJack Horseman, which is a pretty good show. I like it a lot. And uh, it's it's but this show is made by this female feminist something she's like a i guess she's i guess everyone's a feminist now but it's called tuka and birdie it's about a toucan and a bird friend and they live in a city and they're best friends and one's messy and crazy and the other one's neat and she has a job (laughs) she has a job oh man that's so interesting she has a job no and they're 30 Right off the bat, when I read that they're... Th- first of all, this show has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. The first episode, which is the only thing I, I watched, was so annoying. And and then also in between or during scenes, but while it was montage parts, I mean, it, there was a lot of running around and through the city and whatever. They would put dubstep or just heavy electronic music because there's it, nothing can be tranquil now. Everything has to be really loud and entertaining and fast-paced and fast cuts and fast this. Wow. And then, um, but the, the yeah, it has 100% Rotten Tomatoes, and I, I can't understand why. I mean, I guess I can because the creator of the show is a woman, and because the two main characters are women, one played by a black person and the other played by a, uh, an Asian-American person or something. And... Uh, I don't think there are any white people voicing the characters because, you know, white people are canceled, I guess, because we live in cancel culture, which is crazy. So I think it gets points based on who's the cast, who's the creator. It's not r- the animation's really cool, but but the the stories are annoying. I know I've said annoying a lot today because I guess many things annoy me. Um, and the characters are annoying. <laughs> And really loud. I mean, even if you have the volume on on 2 out of 10, it's loud. (laughs) But uh, the show is basically about these 30-something-year-old birds, women, but birds, who are adulting and who... Life is hard, you know? They don't even have kids. Shut up. Life's not hard. You don't even have kids. Life's not hard. Life's easy. I don't know how to pay my my bills. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to have an episode like that. But the first episode was something like the the crazy bird had to move out because the other stable bird got a boyfriend and the boyfriend moved in. She should be married with kids by the way, not moving in with her boyfriend at 30. Um but she's so into her job also. And uh I, I don't know. That's entertainment now, I guess. It's weird how we have to put everything in a box now. And I, I'm I'm driving and looking at billboards and, and and it's so it's so it's so predictable now. So if there's a new Netflix movie, it's a oh there's the Asian girl. Oh there's the black girl. Oh there's the gay something that you don't even know what he is. And there's the Indian girl and the blah blah blah. <laughs> And uh, it's because if you didn't have it like that, people would be outraged. Hey, I brought it back to outrage culture. Hmm. I know I know some um, actresses out here who are white, and you know, m- one of my friends she's she's been a guest on the podcast. She was in um in the Halloween movie. No, was it Halloween? Yeah, in the Halloween movie from Rob Zombie a couple years ago. She was in both of them. And I know this other girl who I think she was on a Nickelodeon show or something. And she's blonde hair and white girl. Like white, white. And uh, both of them have a really hard time finding work now. Because you you just can't be white and getting work now. Because everything has to be about diversity. Which isn't really how things are in real life, by the way. But the movies, you know, they have to show us the way. Even though it's a pretty, pretty sexist um, environment, but they still have they still have the way. Oh, and then the other thing, like I said last week, that I wanted to rant about was when everything is safe, life is boring. Hey, maybe next week, 
or I'll find something else uh, to complain about next week and, and not solve this whole outrage culture thing, and I'll move on to the next thing next week. Whoops, I'm a hypocrite. Um, oh, yeah, and then this one question, talk about how white privilege isn't real and, uh, and about feminism. I don't want to talk about feminism, but talk about how white privilege isn't real. And then, coincidentally, I found... One second. I found two things online. And then I can maybe talk about it more. But uh, this is this is male privil- privilege. So s- someone tweeted, male privilege be like 78% of suicides are men. 68% of homeless are men. 93% of prison inmates are men. 80% of murder victims are men. 98% of military casualties are men. 92% of workplace fatalities are men. Sources are... The CDC, the NCH, Bureau of Prisons, Psychology Today, and the CSO. So it seems like reality is a little bit different than what um, media is pushing on us. That was more about male privilege, but um, there's also this anti-male stuff going on. Because um, equality doesn't mean equality. It means... Or feminism or equality nowadays just means um it has to be it has to smash the patriarchy and it has to smash males and white especially if they're white. Man, I I chose a bad time to be born, huh? I'm a white male. This whole privilege thing is stupid. I don't talk about it. I mean, I have spoken about it, but I I I uh, I, I I don't believe it's it's money. Or anything. Look, for for sure, being born really poor in a horrible neighborhood where there's gang violence and all that is horrible. But the solution is not F white men or F men. It's, hey, let's end the war on drugs and take gangs out of the of the game because they, they the black market creates gangs and and gives them the power. If drugs were legal, there would not be gangs. Maybe, maybe only for human trafficking, but that's that in of itself isn't as big of a business as the war on dr- the drugs. You know, having a black market of drugs and then having territories and having to protect your business, i.e., gangs, is a good solution. Ending all that is a good solution uh, to those crappy neighborhoods. And then also remember when I spoke about last week the architecture. I actually the last two or three weeks I've been talking about beauty and architecture and all that. When you look at government housing and the projects and basically ghettos, uh, those are not made with love. <laughs> and um, when you build crappy buildings and stuff a lot of poor people in them, you think they're going to care about th- those buildings? They, they're, they're, those buildings are not made to last. They're made as cheaply as possible, as ugly as possible. You think anyone's going to care about that environment? So not only are those environments ridden with gangs and drugs and murder and all that, but you're also not creating a very loving environment of, um, you know, aesthetic. There's no... There's no beauty there. How are you supposed to care about anything or love it or fix it if it's broken? You won't. When you have when you own something, you're going to care about it more than if it's it's free or given. Look at a public park and look at a private park. Um so yeah, that was more of male privilege. This whole white privilege thing is kind of nonsense too because what I was going to say with regards to that is if you look at the statistics th- there's obviously more white people in this country than than black or brown or whatever people so um you know what about the m- I, most of people living in poverty the definition the the you know the definition of poverty changes a lot depending on who's in charge but you know categor- people categorize as living in poverty mostly are white people. And uh, I don't know. I see a lot of white homeless people. How, wh- where did they go wrong? How come they didn't cash in on that privilege? Privilege isn't money. It's it's nurturing. Are you, are, it, it's, I mean, to me, mostly, it's have, were you nurtured? Do, you, do your parents love you? Are they still together? Uh, did they raise you with good values? Did they prepare you for the world? Not money. Because I, I know a lot of rich white people 
who were brought up with the education, private school, m- car when they're 16, a ton of money. Uh, one kid I know, $60,000 a month allowance, the last I heard, flies on private planes and models and goes to all the festivals and does everything. He's dumb as a rock. And I don't think that... And and I think that, you know, he's not... I don't think he was born dumb. It's just he doesn't have to be curious about anything because everything is solved for him. When everything's solved for you, you don't have to be curious. But, um... I, I screenshotted something else, and I don't... It's pretty long, but let me read it. I, I remember it being interesting. I just do not remember any of it. So maybe it's irrelevant to this. So, so I think someone posted this on Reddit, and I found it on Twitter. It says, uh, here's the most important part that usually gets overlooked on these meme memeified JPEGs. Hey, I was talking about those before. The doctrine of male privilege wholly dismisses all these di- all these disadvantages of being a man as being irrelevant based on the notion that men as a whole have privilege. The reason men are considered generally privileged is because more CEOs, STEM workers, politicians, millionaires are male than female. The key the, uh, this is a this is a problem known as the apex fallacy where feminists are judging the bottom 99% of men by the top 1% of men the apex. They're employing a doctrine that automatically dismisses all the widespread problems faced by the bottom 99% of men simply because the top 1% of men have more power and privilege, that's in quotes, than the top 1% of women. This is a self-validating worldview where no amount of male suffering by the 99% can possibly outweigh the privilege of the top 1%. They simply don't care when we talk about the male suicide gap or the prison gap or the education gap or any other enormous widespread issue faced by your average male because none of it matters when the top 1% of men have more privilege, in quotes, than the top 1% of women. I mean, that's very well put. The also the interesting thing is 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 um when when you have a free country and you don't prevent anyone from doing anything which contrary to popular feminist belief we don't prevent anyone from doing anything in this country i mean if you want to learn si- the science if you're interested in science or or math or anything you're no one's saying you can't do that legally you can't do that but but the differences the, the the interests within the sexes are different. Um, women tend to like teaching more, nursing more, um, psychology more. There, anything with regards to helping others, like social workers. Women, more women go towards that route, and more men go towards computing and science, and you know weird things like that in business i mean in business you have to be ruthless and it's war every day it's war and uh that's not to say there aren't women that like to do that or that do that no one's and no one's saying that they can't do that unless uh you think we live in the 1940s so it's pretty interesting all right let's go on to the small the shorter questions but that was kind of a giant opening rant. I'll, I'll even include that last whole white privilege, whatever thing, as an as the opening rant. All right. Are guys attracted to girls doing stereotypical macho stuff, such as working out, shooting guns, etc.? Are guys attracted to girls doing stereotypical macho stuff? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe some guys are. I, I think that, at least for myself... I like when girls do Okay, so I I work out at CrossFit. I don't really like when girls do CrossFit. It gets them too bulky. Or even or even playing ice hockey or anything like that. I find it a few games ago the other team had a girl on the, on their team and I'm like, "Why why there's a girls league? Why isn't she playing the girl?" Like I don't really like that. But that's for a whole nother reason. That you can't be as rough with them on the ice, and then they sometimes they play really dirty to prove a point. But I like when girls work out. I don't think uh, 
I, I but I like I like if it's if it's uh something like yoga or there's something that they do called plate fit, which I don't know. What's the other one that's um where they're on a thing and they're pulling wires or whatever? What's that called? Damn it, I forgot. I totally forgot. Let's do I'm trying to make a sentence and then figure out the word. I can't remember it. It's it's like they're laying down on a thing and their their feet are on a pulley. <laughs> I totally forgot. And then after I finish the podcast, I'll remember. Pilates. Pilates. When they when gr- girls do Pilates or anything like that. I like when they do all that. I like when girls are fit but not buff or shooting guns. I mean, if they do it once in a while be- to humor the guy that they're with, I think that that's cool. But but I'm a little bit weary when, when a girl is super into for instance super into comedy and then she tries to be super super funny I'm not saying women can't be funny but men typically tend to use that as a way to make present themselves as attractive i once dated a girl who and i'm doing air quotes was funny and it was it was horrible because she was also manically depressed and crazy and called me a sexist and a and a misogynist and all these things. And I don't know. You've heard 45 episodes of this podcast. Am I? I don't think so. Just because I see differences in sex. Oh, my God. That's such an outrageous thing to believe. Oh, my God. Nature is so sexist. I think that there are some guys that are attracted to girls doing stereotypical macho things and being into that. But for the most part, I don't know. I I, I, I like being curious about the opposite sex so if they do something girly i'll kind of laugh about it but i'll also like it because i don't do that and it's it's like looking at a rare animal a rare beautiful animal and seeing them in their environment like like a girl putting on makeup i mean it's probably boring to watch but for a second you just look at it from afar and you're like that is interesting and pretty or something. <laughs> but I like that. I mean, there are tom girls, but and guys like that. I think guys aren't picky. <laughs> guys, you're a girl you, you're going to be liked if you're confident. Trust me. You're fine. All right, I put a question mark next to this cuz I have no idea what this means. Do you believe in people being popular based on their names? I I are you trying to say if you name a kid Brad, Brad, <laughs> Brad. <laughs> if you name a kid Brad, no, Brad or Brett or Brock, I guess all Bs, you have to name your kid with a B name. Uh they're going to be the cool kid or Cody or um Sadwater. No. I guess, is that what you're talking about? Where do you believe in people being popular based on their names? I don't know. No. No, I don't. I know a lot of people with cool names are super lame. Not popular. Maybe it gave them a head, a head, a head start in kindergarten, but it, but it, your personality will, will, is going to be the thing that takes you far. I don't think that you, you get confident based on your name. Now, a lot of lower-class people definitely name their kids Crystal with a K, a K-H, <laughs> K-H-C-Y, or uh, I don't know. I can't think of trashy names right now, but maybe that doesn't help them that much. But I don't know. I don't think a name will hold you back. I think that's stupid. How to express your opinion without making other people mad? Um, I think it's good to make people mad. <laughs> You're talking to the wrong person. But I am good at, at, at doing that. And it's with humor. Oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. I was talking to someone at my gym today. And, and, and it actually, this goes kind of, this ties into the whole opening rant too. And I, and I uh, was talking to her about something and then it led to the fat movement and I go oh I hate the fat movement I said I hate the f- the self-love fat movement and she goes why it's not promoting 
unhealthy an unhealthy lifestyle it's just it's just telling you to love yourself and be healthy and i go no it's not and i gave her examples of how it's not it's it's really promoting obesity and all these things and uh but when i said right when in the beginning when i said oh i hate that she she looked at me like she was about to hit me but she knows me so she she then let me speak but anyone else that doesn't know me they would have been shocked and outraged and um, the way I do it. So I explained myself and then she's like, oh, actually, you have a point. You make sense. You're very smart. I'm kidding. Uh, but I think that the, re- the the way to do it without shocking people or, or having them hate you is through humor. And what humor does is it it softens the edges a little bit. And it shows that you, I, I, because you have to be a little bit smart. And I was saying this before that you have to be smart. Not everyone can use humor as a tool because it takes brains to express yourself in a humorous fashion. But it's, it's so good. And I think that's why a lot of comedians are being attacked and why they're not invited to college campuses and all that because it really, breaks down the barriers right away you can't control at what you laugh at and it gets under your skin or in your brain ingrained in your brain when when you say something true through humor you can't control what you laugh at i just said that right yeah and it's a very very powerful tool i think that um (laughs) Uh, I don't really believe there's a lot of white supremacists. I think a lot of that's blown out of proportion. I think a lot of it is our hoaxes. But for the few that exist, if you're listening to this Jewish guy right now, if you want to be successful in your Jew-hating, race-hating crusade, be funny. And the re- <laughs> I mean, besides their whole their whole belief system is stupid, you, I mean, and insane, and irrational, and wrong. You don't see many successful white supremacists because none of them are funny. (laughs) I don't think their belief system allows them to be funny, which is a plus for us, which means that we shouldn't kick any of these people off social media or YouTube or anything. Let them them have a voice and expose themselves for their, their own stupidity. But yeah, the best ways through humor. Learn how to be funny. Watch stand-up comedians. I mean, really study it. Oh, I like this one. I like this one I got. So it's from some guy who is clearly Middle Eastern or Indian or something. His name is Tushar, T-U-S-H-A-R, dot Avakin, A-V-A-K-I-N. And he writes to Sadwater. I don't think he even knows what Sadwater is. I don't think he knows why he's following Sadwater, but he writes, I love America. Happy face. That I, I honestly that was my favorite question or topic or or statement I got for this week's podcast. I think it's a it's beautiful. I think he thinks I work in the government and can help him with his visa. Sorry to tell you I can't. And um Hopefully you're sincere. Go to ice.org or no dot gov. Or go to go tweet that at Donald Trump. Maybe he can help you. What's your favorite thing to do when you're bored? Well, if you're doing your favorite thing when you're bored, you're not bored. But I think I understand what you're asking me. To avoid boredom. I like to watch really long podcasts or listen to long podcasts, close my eyes, hopefully don't fall asleep. Uh, The worst thing to do when you're bored is go on social media, stay on there for 30 minutes, 30 minutes have passed, and you go and you say to yourself, where has my life gone? Read a book also. Reading Reading a book is great, especially when you're not tired and you can just just read. (laughs) 
that was the stupidest explanation to read why reading a book is good. When you're not tired and, you know, reading, reading's good. You see, I expose myself very stupid. But you get what I'm saying. Okay. The way that this next question has been written is is very weird. Should new art last should new art last for shorter periods of time to make it have a lasting impact such as chalk art? What? The only way to have lasting impact is by making good art. New art is mostly garbage. And everything especially like, like I said last week music and and architect every all of this stuff is so disposable. Sorry. I have a ball on the floor and it moved away. I like to n- have it near me. And um so I don't know what you mean. Should new art last for shorter periods of time to make it have a lasting impact? No. The only things that have lasting impacts are good good things, good art, good movies, good music, good everything, buildings, everything. So you're just talking about disposable things. Disposable things should go away and not be preserved. I don't I still don't understand what you're trying to ask me. I thought I would if I read it out loud. I don't. Ask me again next week. How can we use Instagram to support our creative endeavors without being an influencer? Influencer being in quotes. Uh I think if you if you just post what you Okay, first of all, stop with the hashtags. Everyone should stop. Chill out with the hashtags. We don't need 50 hashtags in a row. I tried doing that as a joke, uh, and then it just bothered. I pissed myself off. So stop with that. And I think that the way to do it is by, first of all, use it with moderation, but post what you like without caring. So whether it's the way you like your pictures to look or the way the, the the content itself, if it's you playing a guitar or painting a picture, um, just have it be that. Don't be so obsessed with how many people follow you or constantly posting a thousand things because you feel like you have to or, or post a million things in your story. Definitely, if you want it, I, I okay, maybe the difference is, is you don't need to post every aspect of your life on social media for strangers to consume. Influencers tend to do that. And uh, use it in moderation and post what you are you feel like you need to post uh, with regards to your creative endeavors, with which w- that's what you just said. Um, and just use it for that. Don't be don't be so serious about it, maybe. Oh God. This is a little bit annoying. You should talk more about your cons- the conspiracies you believe slash used to believe in. Why? <laughs> uh, I'll do it for a second. I like I said, nine eleven inside job, all that stuff. I really believed in. I still, I'm very. I I still kind of do believe in that. Maybe not to the extent I did before. Um, like I don't think Bush did it. I think that people in the deep state did or let it happen more than anything uh i used to believe in the moon landing being faked i don't believe that anymore um i still believe the jfk assassination i still believe that it just wasn't some guy same with his brother his brother got assassinated too while running for president about three or four years after that uh and the guy who did that one He's, I think he's still alive, and I think he's still in prison. His name was Saran Saran. Maybe he's maybe he's dead now, but you Google it. He he still might be alive. He he to this day he claims he didn't do it, and that he doesn't remember doing it, and that he was programmed to do it. Uh, all that stuff is super interesting because around that time the CIA was brainwashing and using using LSD to brainwash people. They were using that as a tool. They were testing a lot of that. So that's another conspiracy, I guess. Um, I used to believe in this thing called HARP, H-A-A-R-P, which is um, a weather controlling thing up in Alaska. 
because that's a cool thing to believe in. The, look, the, the thing is, is that I never really let this fully consume me into being absolutely 100% crazy. Just a little bit crazy. I was obsessed with it, but I, I never let it ruin my life. One that I still believe in is if you look into how the Federal Reserve came into existence, it was through um, the same president. Was it William McKinley? No. The president around 1915. I, I'm not going to look it up right now. I don't want to take away the steam from the podcast. But the president around that time, he also made the IRS around that time. The IRS as we know it today was created around the same time the Federal Reserve was. And... uh the way the Federal Reserve Act was passed, the guy who was one of the senators, senators or congressman who was super against it, he was assassinated. <laughs> and I think that that was kind of sent a message where, okay, you want to be vocally against it? Well, you're going to die. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I can go down this forever. The the way the United States got into World War II, the World War II was not a, a popular war. The, the United States citizens were just not for it. They were not for getting involved. It had nothing to do with us. And then all of a sudden, Pearl Harbor happened. What was happening was our president, Roosevelt, was instigating the, with the Japanese, like basically egging them on to attack us. And then once that happened, so we knew that this attack was going to happen. We just, again, let it happen. Because what happened after that was the the support to go into war went through the roof because who wouldn't want to protect their homeland? Okay, we were just attacked on our own soil. We got to go fight. Um, so they get the way to get the U.S. involved in World War II was through that because we were just staying out of it. So that was another thing. I mean, I can go down this rabbit hole for hours because I was so heavily interested in this stuff. Uh, oh, the fluoride in the water. I still think that that's actually a problem that they're doing it on purpose. It's doing something to us and we shouldn't be drinking that chemical, but they're putting it in the drinking water, which to me is crazy and no one's talking about it. Hey, maybe that's why I started sad water. I don't want to put fluoride in the water and they do. Or uh, soy. <laughs> next question. I'm gonna go to the next question. I don't want to talk about that anymore. We're pretty much we're pretty much almost done. This is a quick one today. All right. So, two people thoughts on the new abortion law. Th <laughs> you see, the problem with that is it's they they forgot to add Alabama. It's not the whole country. Thoughts on Alabama ba banning abortion. I already spoke about that. Got you. Beat you to it. Now, um, Ben Westlake asked. He said he sent me three things. And the first thing he sent me bothers me because he wrote, fuck, I can't think of a question. Okay, first of all, you don't need to tell me that. I don't expect you to ask me something every week. And he tries to ask me really um, profound questions every week. You don't need to. <laughs> so then he asks, what does it mean to truly love someone? And then in my notes, I wrote, gay, because I'm not going to talk about that. I don't care. So then he says, for the third thing, I think he nailed it by at least sending something kind of okay. Do you think a certain life philosophy, oh, do you have a certain life philosophy you live by? Uh, I don't know. I probably have many subconsciously. It's not something I really think about. And it's, again, I've changed a lot, especially in the last three, three, four years. Uh be be open to change and uh don't be married with your opinions don't i don't know honestly i i, I don't know because i'm always changing so i honestly you stumped me on that one i don't know admit when you don't know something because i don't know nolan elder 30 asks Best way to ask a girl out. Listen, dude, I've given you advice, and you're zero for three. Maybe you're zero for five by now, because the last time we spoke, you were zero for three. Uh, the best way to do it is straight up ask in person, 
with confidence. Don't say like, um, maybe. Say, do you want to go out with me? Not, do you maybe want to go out with me? Do you want to go out with me? Or better yet, don't make it a question. Just say, come out with me, go out with me. They like that. That's confidence. They. We're so baffled by the opposite sex. It's hilarious. That's what's great about it. Is it's the the curiosity. We're just always trying to figure them out. And we can't. And I don't think we ever will. The gay, gay people have it so easy. Women, lesbians, will move in with each other right away. Because they're, they're just going to fall in love right away. There's no... There's no filter. There's no <laughs> there's no uh questioning the other person. Right away they're just going to fall in love and move in with each other and love each other. And gay pe- gay dudes um won't even ha- learn each other's name and they're going to have sex with each other and never speak to each other again and they're just going to do that. Man, they have it easier all of them. Straight re- relationships are very uh you have to be very careful. I kind of like it. I like being straight. It's fun. It sucks sometimes in the sense of how hard it is, but it's it's fun. All right. Uh, next question. Last questions. We're done almost. Um, the last question of the podcast, which I'm I'm just gonna get to it now because I already answered it. They, I, I these people, this person found out. St- through tele telepathy tel- telepathy yeah telepathy what i was thinking for this week they said uh as a topic people getting offended i did it you listened to your answer before i even got to your question how cool is that what is your favorite country the united states of america <laughs> sorry i just hiccuped and then burped into the microphone that's a treat uh, masturbation as a topic, I think it's really bad. And uh, we're all guilty of that, but I think it's bad. We should have self-control. A- and it's bad because the way that you're going to do it nowadays is porn. It used to be you did it through memories. <laughs> so I think I think the way we people used to do it was a lot better than how it is now. We're faking it now through fake versions of sex that it's it's a parody of sex. It's it's not a real version of sex ever. Porn. And uh, people used to do it through memory or through letters. Imagine <laughs> imagine people imagine people masturbating to letters. Imagine being sent off to the sea to fight a war. You're in the Navy. The love of your life sends a letter. There's nothing even remotely sexual there, but she put a kiss. She she signed it with a kiss. And that's the thing that sparks it into your mind to masturbate. And you did it based off of a kiss on a letter or her saying, hi, honey. I don't know how they used to speak. Uh, I hope you don't die. <laughs> I hope you're I hope you're still alive by the time you got this letter. And he goes, yeah, I'm still alive. That turned me on. Um, the way we're doing it now is all wrong. Don't do it. Try not to. And then, and then it goes back to asking someone out. You're going to have the urge to ask someone out or go on a date or go hunt for someone if you uh, don't succumb to your urges of masturbation. So don't do it. Try not to. Or actually, you're going to rebel against me. So go do it. It's good for you. It's fine. Everything's fine. Go do it. The last question of Sadcast episode 45 makes absolutely zero sense. And I'm just going to read it and not answer it because it's stupid, it doesn't make sense, but I figured it's a good way to end the sad cast. And by the way, uh, I hope you enjoy the song also. This is the music this week is great. The question of the last, I mean, the last question of this podcast, this sad cast, is did you ever hear your friend's opinion on Jamba Juice? No idea what that means, but that's the end of Sadcast episode 45. I love you. Bye. <laughs>